0: You're listening to The Conservative Mike. So listen to this, listen to this, okay, listen. We have some bad hombres here. Welcome to The Conservative Mike, and today is Episode 3, The Creation of the World. We'll be in Genesis Chapter 1, verse 3 through 19. We'll be looking at the first four days of creation. And so here we go. Let me begin reading in Genesis 1, beginning in verse 3. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the water, And let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. God called the firmament heaven, and so the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit, according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed, according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Verse 17. And God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now I want to begin reading a quote from Douglas Kelly that I kind of think encapsulates a lot of what we're going to talk about today, and then we're going to go through each day and to kind of explain it to you what the Bible says here in Genesis. Let me begin uh, with Douglas Kelly, his quote. There is no doubt that the biblical vision of man as God's creature, whom he made in his own image, has had the most powerful effect on human dignity and on liberty, on the expansion of the rights of the individual, on political systems, on the development of medicine, and on every other culture. How different from the humanistic viewpoint of man as merely an evolved creature not made in god's image because there is no god such a premise has enabled the marxist totalitarian state conveniently to liquidate millions of citizens because of the assumption that there is no transcendent person in whose image those citizens are created no being to give those citizens dignity and a right to exist beyond what the state determines you see for the humanists the materialists the evolutionists there is no difference between man and a noxious insect. That leaves us with two options. One, we evolved out of slime made out of nothing but some kind of weird material, no soul, no spirit, an animal. Or we were created by God and made in his heavenly image. I believe evolution was created for many reasons. But one big reason, it was created to kill the God of the Bible. Not because they didn't like God as a creator, not acknowledge him in some weird way but because they did not want a judge evolution was created to eliminate the lawgiver to eliminate the inviability of his law to do away with his authority over man to eliminate universal morality, universal guilt and universal accountability evolution was invented to leave people free to do whatever they want without guilt and without consequences. Now, there's been a battle through history between the materialistic or humanistic view and the Christian view. Well, I want you to picture in your mind now two columns. One column is the materialistic or humanistic view versus the Christian view on the other column. Let's go through that. On one side, the materialistic view, there no God exists. On the Christian view, God does exist. He's a loving and a personal God. On the humanistic, materialistic view, on that side of the ledger, the universe was created by chance, so ultimately it has no purpose. On the Christian view, God created the universe, and he created it for a specific purpose. On the materialistic side, man is not eternal, right? There's no eternity, so he no, has no eternal value and no dignity. On the Christian view, man was created by God and has eternal value, add dignity because it's derived from God on the humanistic side morality is defined by every individual according to his own views and interests everything's relative so he is his own final authority on the Christian side morality is defined by God and is unchangeable and finally on the humanistic materialistic side the afterlife brings eternal annihilation or they would say personal extinction on the other side, the Christian side, eternal life with God, right? Or, eternal separation from God. You see, here is the foundation for all truth. Christianity begins with Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth for a purpose and a destiny, which he himself has determined. Uh, well you go back to darwin and the origin of species and according to darwin and his book the origin of species nature is the product of blind chance here is man he's a lonely intelligent mutation scrambling with other brutes for his sustenance his protoplasm waiting to become manure a far cry from being created in god's image and you know, really ultimately evolution is deadly Followed by Adolf Hitler, followed by Joseph Stalin, followed by Mao in China. It led to the massacre of millions of people. And we cannot forget Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Because of evolution, she started in Harlem to sterilize blacks and Italians and the mentally challenged, and uh, basically to commit genocide. You know, the survival of the fittest. Hitler took evolution, he believed in the laws of evolution. And he lived those out, as well as Stalin and Mao and many other uh, tyrants. Here's a quote from Mein Kampf, Hitler's book. He says, I regard Christianity as the most fatal, seductive lie that ever existed. My friend, if there's no God, and if we are ruled by chance, we have opened up a Pandora's box, and it is frightening. Now, Let's begin looking at the days, and we're going to look at the first day, verse 3 through 5. And here we see the creation of light. Verse 3 God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, and he and he saw that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. The word light. Here we have the beginning of light, the existence of visible light. But notice it's before the sun and the moon and the stars. Light is energy. But the Bible says that God is light. Revelations 22 verse 5 said there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth at the end of the world, end of the age, as we go into eternity. And he says that the sun and the moon will be gone because he says that God himself will be the light. He uses a word in verse 4, darkness. Now the visible light emanated from one direction in space. And so now we have this earth that's spherical now, right? The earth has been created. This spherical earth has begun, begun to rotate or began to rotate on its axis. And so consequently, he says, you have a day and a night. But you know, light is more than a physical substance. I believe there's a supernatural aspect to that as well. And we'll get into that later. And then he says, the e- there's evening and morning. So now, here in verse 3, 4, and 5, God has established the pattern of creation. And at the very end, there in verse 5, he says, The evening and the morning were the first day. An important word here in Genesis chapter 1. It's a Hebrew word, yom. It's from a root that means to be hot. So here we have the duration of a natural solar day 24 hour period. The Hebrews believe that the day was from sunset 6 p.m. to right sunset 6 p.m. the next day from Friday night to Saturday dusk to dusk if you combine this with the definite boundaries that God said evening and morning you have a 24 hour period now let's go a little farther with that word that word is used 2,000 times in the Old Testament 95% of the time it means a 24 hour period 5% of the time, it's an expression, the day of the Lord, or the day of judgment. There is no doubt that that day here is not a thousand years, or one million years, or whatever you want to put in there. Clearly, the Bible says here that the day is a 24-hour period. Genesis is straight history. It's not symbolic, and it's not poetic. Now, let's look at the second day, verse 6-8. through Here we have the creation of the atmosphere. He uses the word here, firmament. He said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, the Hebrew word there means expanse, means to stretch out, thinness, and actually means space. So here we see that God separated the primeval deep into two deeps, into a great space between them. Waters below were used to form land and plant cover, waters above, were transformed into a vapor state, a vapor canopy that would blanket the Earth. Let's talk about the canopy. Seven miles up, you have the troposphere. This is the first layer above the surface and contains half of Earth's atmosphere. Here is where weather happens. Let's go up a little higher, around 20, 21 miles. You have the stratosphere. Here's where the jet slides. And you know, it's, it, the stratosphere actually absorbs the harmful rays of the sun, the ozone. Up a little higher, about 50 miles up, you have the mesosphere. Here's space, the meteors, space junk, and all of that. All right, 200 miles up, the thermosphere. 200 miles from that, the exosphere. And between the stratosphere and the exosphere, there's even a thing called the ionosphere. This is the high, there's a high concentration of ions and free electrons in the ionosphere. My point is that this is an intelligent universe, which means an intelligent design. Again, it puts the doubt that this universe was an accident that just kind of just happened. You have this vast blanket of water vapor above that changed the ecology of the earth. And the results were actually a global greenhouse that changed the, uh, uh, the earth in such a way that it became pleasant and a uniform temperature all over the world. God created the greenhouse with these vapors. And so here we see at the beginning, at the creation of the world, there's no wild temperatures, no great winds, and there's no rain. There's a rich, lush, tropical paradise-like vegetation that's fed by the dew and the ground fog. It filters out all the damaging ultraviolet radiation, all the cosmic rays and all things like that. And consequently, human and animal life would increase human life animal lifespans would increase that brings us to the third day in the third day here verse 9-13 we have the creation of the earth dry land let me begin reading in verse 9 God said let the waters and the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so now watch verse 10 God called the dry land earth, and the gatherings together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. The laying of the foundations of the earth. Now, just hang on to that. The Bible actually says something in in the book of Job. Job chapter 38, verse 4 through 7. Listen to this. He says, where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? To me, you, if you have understanding, who determined the measurements? And surely you know who stretched out the line upon it. To what were its foundations fastened? Who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Now listen to Psalms. Over here in Psalms 33, verse 6 and 7. There we go. i got to get my Bible turned all the way over there to Psalms 33, verse 6 and 7. Here we go. All right. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water from the sea together as a heap and he lays at the deep in storehouse. Again, again, acknowledging Genesis chapter 1 where God says that he separated the the, uh, dry land from the seas. God's word initiated a vast complex and a string of chemical and physical reactions combining rock materials with metals. The seas... These great upheavals are taking place, rising and sinking of the land. Waters are being gathered together. Great basins are opening up to receive and store waters. Some are stored in in great deeps, Genesis 7.11 says. There's subterranean chambers now beneath beneath the earth's core even today. Others are accumulated in great big surface basins and begin to call them seas. All are interconnected through a network, I believe, of subterranean channels. This is the seeds. Let's go a little farther. He says, now let's bring forth grass. Here's the ability of the earth to immediately produce abundant plant life. Earth's crust was already rich with soil and chemical nutrients, moisture. Everything could, could begin to grow immediately. And the soil did not just gradually form over thousands of years. It was readied instantly by the God's word. And the plants, he said, did not develop seeds, all right, they were formed. They were yielding seeds. They were yielding fruit already. So I guess the chicken did come before the egg. <laughs> Verse 11. God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit, watch according to, according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. The seed according to its kind. The Hebrew word kind there means species. is equivalent to that word. And the phrase, is re- the phrase is repeated nine times in Genesis 1. And that precludes something. That precludes a thing called transmutation. Transmutation of one kind or another. The seed has a genetic code. Complex information is programmed in the DNA of that molecule. And the system allows a wide... Watch allows wide horizontal variation, okay? There's adaption where the animals adapt to their environment and certain certain things. But there's no vertical evolution. so there's no transmutation. So the, uh, 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 the lizard cannot become a horse. There's nothing in between. There's no scientist has ever documented an instance of true vertical evolution or transmutation has ever occurred even today. There are different kinds of dogs, but they're all dogs. It's all dog life. Different kinds of cows, but all cow life. Different kinds of ducks, but all duck life. There are many different people, all but we're all mankind. Verse 12 he uses the word grass. Oh, I have Some have used this passage to justify marijuana or heroin or drugs. Not every herb is good for you, okay? Every herb might have a purpose. I mean, hemlock is natural, but it's not good for you. You could go even to Genesis chapter 5, verse 19 through 23, where he talks about the works of the flesh. He says, here's the result of the flesh. And there's a word there that's translated sorcery or witchcraft, and in the Greek is the word pharmakia, where we get a word pharmacy from. We know that drugs in the occult were associated with worship and witchcraft. Taking drugs in order to contact the the demonic uh, authorities and the, the demonic figures as well. So you can't really use this phrase here as a uh, phrase to speak about and justify the, uh, quote, marijuana, etc. All right, we're going to stop here today, and and then we'll have episode four, okay? Episode four of the Christian world, will pick up in uh, the fourth day, and actually we'll get to the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh day as well. So hang on there. And I'll keep looking to my podcast, The Conservative Mike. You can go to my website, MikeFriendZone.com. Uh We're on iHeartMedia and, and a lot of the platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, all of those as well. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. And God bless. And hang in there. Stay tuned for Episode 4. This has been Episode 3, The Creation of the World.